episode of Duke Basketball Junkies. I'm here by my here with my loyal and faithful friend Peter, the Hitman Row. How you doing, Pete? What's up, Mike? It is. Uh, we have we haven't done a podcast in a couple weeks. A um, couple weeks feels feels longer. Yeah, it's been been a little bit. We we didn't do one after the Bagley decision. We did one right after the Trey Jones decision. Uh, okay. And something else, uh, the Coach K, the team canceling their trip. <clears throat> I think we talked about Bagley coming. Uh, so we have we can talk about Bagley today. We can talk about Cam Reddish, who's about to make his decision tonight, and we feel like his hand has been tipped, uh, and he's coming. You know. Uh, we're hoping that nothing changes, uh, nothing weird happens, but all signs point to him coming to Duke, <clears throat> and we're just going to talk about it like he's coming, uh, because our sources are letting us know that, that he, he is. Uh, but he may even announce while we're talking. We're going to talk about Kyrie Irving and the, the trade to the Celtics, and now that, that it's all settled, um, we're going to talk about R.J. Barrett's recruiting coming up, um, <clears throat> and whether he might be leaning towards Duke. We're going to talk about what is going on with the program with all these recruits, all these incredibly high-profile recruits uh, committing, and coming, uh, and just the dominance in the recruiting area and what it means to the program, how we feel about it. I know you have some, some questions about some things. Uh, and, you know, it's not all elation. You know, it's just like a, a little bit of anxiety about it, but I, I'm pretty fired up. And, uh, you know, maybe talk about one or two Duke and the NBA things, Quinn Cook. Julio Okafor, some some news. Frank Jackson. Frank Jackson, yes. Uh, Frank Jackson news. But uh, let's just get right into it. Shall we? Uh, sure. Uh, all right. Should we, should we go back, rewind a little bit, and uh, irresponsibly speculate a little bit more about that Dominican trip? Uh, did you have something to say? Oh, uh, Remember we speculated a little bit, just you and me, about maybe the team didn't want to go and develop a team chemistry without Marvin Bagley. Without their best player. Yeah, maybe they maybe the maybe coaches they had maybe they to put the finishing touches on the Bagley recruitment. And they also didn't I don't know. Did we did we talk about that right in the in the aftermath? I, I remember we, thinking that text, when, when the texted. Bagley news we just texted about yeah. it. We're like, does this have a connection to the trip cancellation? Yeah, looking back at it we were wondering it makes what a little was going more sense. on. It makes more sense now. Yeah, I think I think looking back now, it does make a little more sense. Not only was Coach K not going to be able to go on the trip, but they must have known Bagley was coming. I mean, I'm not sure that's 100. percent Like, or or maybe maybe they maybe, must have felt they needed to put the finishing. Maybe like Cable or whoever had to go out and close the deal. Uh, yeah, maybe resources had to be committed to that. Uh, we, although, should, we should talk about Bagley a little bit more before we talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's talk about Bagley. Bagley. Uh, as we talked about in the last podcast, is considered to be the best player in his class, like a generational kind of talent. They throw that word around a lot. Um, Ever since the last generation of talent, two years ago. Yeah, Ben Simmons. Yes. Uh, Anthony Davis. They're all, you know, one can't of these be, guys. It can't be a generational talent if, if, if they come along every two years. Well, they can if they're a certain type of player. Like Barkley was a once-in-a-lifetime talent. Doesn't mean no one else was a once-in-a-lifetime there's nobody like Barkley. Bagley looks unique. He does. He looks I, a, I disagree. Okay. You're, 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 you're shorting Bagley? No, I'm not shorting him. Well, the, but he's, he's not, he's not, 
somebody we've never seen before. A man of his size. His with, shooting touch seems it, seems well, but all we've seen is what like five, six, seven minutes of, of video clips. Yeah, he, he looks very good, and he looks tall, and he looks long. He looks fantastic. Right, but it's not just five, six, seven minutes of video clips. These guys don't get to be the number one player in their class by accident. They don't. You know, people at the recruiting touts, the coaches. There's a level of consensus that gets reached uh, that that puts them on that pedestal. So, like, we can reliably assume the the cred the cred is deserved at least somewhat. Yeah. Right. Like he got there for a reason. <clears throat> And then when we go and look at the highlight reel of the guy who's number one in his class, even though he reclassified a year up, uh, I think we can allow ourselves to get excited about it. I'm uh, certainly excited about him. Yeah. A lot. Um, I did do a little bit of digging around, a, li- a little bit eyebrow raising. Did you look into him at all? No. Like a what little, do you mean? Like, like stability seems a little bit missing in his life. Well, I watched the announcement on TV. His dad seemed like a like a really fun guy. Yeah. Did you love when he broke out? He unzipped his his warm up. Were you watching Sports Center live that night? I no, I was not. I was I was on a phone call, but I was sort of watching it. I watched it like when it started, and then it and was it took it's clear, like a half an hour. Yeah, it's clear do. that they were going to milk it, you know. So then I just sort of went back to my phone call and um, sort of list, watched from a distance. I hadn't watched an episode of Sports Center in years, and this reminded me why. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, when they announced and they had this the thing, and his dad popped out the little Duke shirt. You know, first he whipped out the shirt. I mean, yeah. I was expecting it was going to be Duke, and it was that was an exciting moment. There were a lot of people watching. Duke Twitter was a buzz, and uh, I was pretty excited that he that he committed. It just makes this year, you know, more dynamic. Like just more of a powder keg uh, in all sorts of ways and like all of a sudden to get the best player in your recruiting class possibly the one of the best players we've ever recruited like last minute it's uh it's crazy we were in the beginning of the summer we were talking about how we we're going to be so shallow and now we have this unbelievably deep recruiting glass along with grace and <clears throat> embarrassment and of riches yeah it's like it's embarrassing, almost. It almost seems unfair. We were in such a bad position. No, kind of, we weren't. Not bad, but we, we were. We, at least... we, we weren't, and 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 a part of me was excited to see, like Jab and Delorier, and yeah. maybe somebody else, like a Jack White or Alex O'Connell or Antonio Frankovich. But I mean, these guys will never sniff playing time ever. And well, the, I think one those of those guys those... will get minutes. Will get significant minutes this year. And I think it's likely to be Javin. Uh, How much time do you think Marquise Bolden is going to get? I don't know. I don't know if Marquise, Marquise Bolden is going to start or not. But I, th- I think he'll be in the big rotation. At the very least, I think he'll get 15 to 20 minutes a game. But there's a chance he gets marginalized. There's absolutely a chance. It all depends on... And if he gets marginalized, then what's that going to do for Javin? You know? Well, I think Javin has more of a clean shot at like... A role like Bolden is, is likely going to be coming off the bench, or like a like a low minute starter, playing a certain type of role depending he, on how the other guys slot into there's their no way he starts their roles. Well, he might start if the other guys. He might start sort of like a Casey Sanders kind of a start. You, you know? mean when people are injured? <laughs> well, that, but also uh, 
like as a role player. Like it just seems like he's going to be more of a role player. I can't imagine Bolden's going to be any kind of focal point on offense at all. Like I can't imagine he's going to get usage anymore. Right. But like, bef- but before we get into all that, did yeah. you see? Let's the, let's did, go back. Did you see the Bagley tape of him in pickup with the guys at Duke? The little mixtape. Yeah, he looks great. I mean, he I was. Mean, he should look great. A, I mean, talk about above the rim. He looked like he was above the game. Um, I mean, college basketball is a way of kind of bringing people down to earth a little. Yeah. You know, because they're not used to the pace of play or the, the physicalness or the zone defenses, you know, sophistication of the game. But it, it it really looks like he may be one of these talents that sort of rises above the game. He's so good and so gifted. When I say good, I mean just physically separated from the other guys, like a man amongst boys. kind of looks like he might be one of those guys. Like Kevin Durant in Texas. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's exactly like Kevin Durant, but... He's something. He's himself. This, this sick handle, the above-the-rim game, the, the looseness of his, his athleticism, it just all seems uh, so there, pretty there, special. There are two things about Bagley. One, I, I mean, I, I looked up his sort of high school track record. Yeah. He was never at a school for longer than a year, which is what I was talking about, like maybe stability is missing. He's not going to be at Duke longer than a year either. Right. So he... <laughs> he only had three high school years. Yeah, he... He started off with a year in Phoenix, which is where he's from, you know, somewhere in Phoenix. Yeah. Very good student. Got straight A's his freshman year. Okay. His sophomore year, he transfers to, a, I, I believe, another Phoenix school, but a much better basketball program. You know, his stock is rising. His star is on the rise. And the basketball fit is better, and that's what the family says when they transfer. He goes to this school, and he plays, and I want to say January or February of his sophomore year, they decide to transfer to like the California school that he attended his junior year. So before the basketball season's over, I think his sophomore year he transfers, which also I mean that should be. Well, what is that? I don't know what that is. Like I don't yeah. know why would you do why would you do it then? There's a lot of right? movement in these like big high school players. I don't fully understand it. I don't. I don't think they're, either of us really knows that much about the, the scene. Yeah, they're com- like, well, they're big time commodities. They they can <clears throat> obviously what happens do as they choose. But yeah, like we don't know what happens. Is is it a job offer for the parents? Is it like is it somehow Sonny Vaccaro and Nike and Adidas are they involved in the? Is there something about like those forces lining up, or is it just he's at a small school and he wants to go somewhere where he's going to be on national TV? So he can line himself up for the right kinds of endorsements when he's the number one pick in the draft. I mean, LeBron stayed at one school the whole time, right? And Lamar Odom went to five different schools. Yeah. But, like, you know, we won't, we don't really know that much about him except there's no black, there's no big black mark on his record. He's the number one guy. Everybody says good things about him. He seems gosh darn nice. His Twitter feed is funny. He seems personable. He has a, did you see the Muhammad Ali impression he did? Can can somebody be <laughs> that gosh darn nice if they say, hey, I want to wear the number that's up in the rafters? All right, you want to get into that? Is that I mean, <laughs> how, did that, how did that hit you? Is, is that what happened? Do we know that's what happened? Or did... Do we know did, what happened? He said, we, I want to wear 35. Did he... They said, oh, that number's retired. It's Danny Ferris number. He's like, I want to wear 35. <laughs> I mean, where did, you, where did you hear this recording of his voice? I mean, how do you know Duke wasn't so interested in him that they said, here's what we're going to do for you because you're special? 
we're gonna take a number down for the rapper so we know that number has been your number your whole life. Like, how do you know he asked for it? Maybe they offered first. Maybe they, Coach K or Capel went to Danny Ferry, mm-hmm. who they have a good relationship with, and say, hey, we wanna to try to get this kid. And he's really special. Would you mind? He's only gonna play for one year. Would you mind if we took your, your number down for one year and let him, let him win? First of all, the number's staying up there, right? You know, but how do we know that, that he demanded it, right? Like, I don't know if you want to throw that kind of shade at him. Like, I understand throw why that you shade might... at him. I don't know. Is it... <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a second. In episode one of last year, yeah, you said we're going to be different. We're not going to carry water for the program. You are the water boy for the program right well, now. Well, how do you? No, You're the biggest apologist I know. You've like transformed. I don't even know you anymore. No, like, how do we know how it went? Okay. How do we know how it went, dude? You don't know which way it went. Of course, I, I don't know. But I mean, you might have said, "No, no, you don't need to do that." Right. I'll pick Be- a different number because that's going to land a certain way. Right. You know, like that's the whole point of retiring numbers. People don't wear them anymore. <laughs> that is the point. Yeah, I mean, it is a weird precedent to set. And like, it? we're not going to have any more numbers retired because no one stays that long. There are plenty of numbers, and numbers are really not that important. But, but by all, but I mean, like Danny Ferry, everyone else said this kid's a great kid, and because of that, I, I, I wish him the best, and he can wear thirty-five. But still, like it, come on. I mean, that's that's absurd. It's fair to it's wonder absurd. whether he it is absurd. asked for it. It's but absurd. we just don't know if, if he went out of his way to ask for it. At this point, I don't know. It's sort of a nice thing that. It's nice. Fer- it's nice that Ferry Ferry doesn't really care, you know. Why would he? It was thirty five years ago. Right. Maybe Ferry does it care. Thirty five years ago. But no, he, thirty years ago. But how can he say no? I don't want the kid to wear my number. Ferry has some image rehab to do. <laughs> Maybe this is his penance to pay for some of the comments about Luol Deng. I mean, maybe he want maybe it's good PR for Ferry to do something nice for for an African American kid. I mean, there you go. Not carrying for the water program. I'm not carrying water for the program now, am I? No, you are. <laughs> Good all, point. You, all you do is defend the program. <laughs> You're not hard hitting. Uh, all right, I'll get hard hitting. But, but you. did did that? Did you think about that at all when he said, "I'm going to wear 35"? And I want to thank Danny Ferry. Like you did, your eyebrows didn't go up. Like, I tweeted like, that. I tweeted that not, that he's going to be a Duke. He's gonna, and he's going to wear number 35. But I hadn't even thought to look up the numbers, and somebody corrected me and said. No, dude, duh, that's Danny Ferry. He's going to have to pick a different number. Yeah. And then he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, see, he told you, but I didn't mean that. Uh, you, you thought nothing of it. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares if you... So, I, the, the super beautiful and the super talented, they sort of can do whatever they want in life. And it's stuff like this that enables them to think that way. I mean, it could have just been a very clever way for Duke to let him know how much they wanted him. And I bet it made him feel special. And that's what sales is all about, making people feel special. That, you know, I guess it, So R.J. Barrett says, hey, I, I want to wear number four. Is that okay, J.J.? <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> you know? That's, a, that's the problem with the precedent. So somebody shows up, hey, I want to wear 31. I mean, uh, is that I'm, okay, Shane? I'm good with them wearing four. Like, what is the I'm point good of retiring? Wearing, the, what's the point I'm of I'm good with 31. I'm good with 35. Dick Croke, Dick Croke, and I don't care. As long as they don't take 11, 33, or 32. Those are the numbers you can't touch. Okay. The, the other ones you can touch. All right. 
<laughs> I, I mean, I guess we'll just have to agree to disagree. I think the kid looks like an awesome kid. He looks like a lot of fun. He's going to bring energy to the program. I, and I, I will say we don't know anything talent. about the kid. but I mean, I feel like I've gotten to know him on social media a little bit. <laughs> just watch him. He looks like a, like a really fun guy. He reminds me of um, just one of these next-generation guys that has a sense of humor about his celebrity because he is a celebrity already. He's yeah. being talked about. He, you know, he seems like he's having fun with it. He's coming to our school. He chose Duke. He has great taste. And, uh, I mean, we're going to get into this all year without him, so we'll see about the evidence on the court. But you're going to have a great time watching him, and you're going to forgive the fact that he's wearing number 35. I love your childhood hero, Danny Ferry. I love Marvin Bagley. <laughs> <laughs> I liked his dad, too, man. Yeah, but, I mean, I had what, thought I, what, was, what, I'm, what I'm saying I is... When I did a little bit of research into Bagley, there were a handful of things that sort of gave me pause. Yeah. I'm sure he's a fantastic basketball player. Everyone says he's a great kid. And, you know, like when Duke recruits kids, for the most part, like, they're all, they all come from pretty good stock. And, you know, I'm sure he's fine. But he still had to give the okay to say, oh, yeah, yeah I want to wear 35. You know, like, he still had to give the okay to, after transferring to a high school that had was a big time basketball program his sophomore year to leave again for greener pastures like over and over and over again so well he can't transfer from Duke we got him for the year he could but he won't I mean how about he, how about him graduating early um yeah I mean yeah. although he's not that yeah, young I mean, I mean a 4.0 his freshman year isn't that big of a deal but still it means he's a pretty yeah. good student does his work I, I imagine that's what it means uh I wonder if there's a connection between Jerry Colangelo and um, Coach K and, and Bagley because he's from Phoenix and gets, so it's where Colangelo lives. He has the University of Phoenix out there, and uh, I wonder if there is some some you know back channel influence uh, peddling on, on some level there, like a kid from Phoenix. Coach K and you know Jerry Colangelo are so tight. I just thought about it like when you mentioned Phoenix a few times. Um, there's like Coach K is so well connected and, and so are the assistants yeah. at this point that there's just so many I think it used to be hard to get your foot in the door sometimes even if you were Duke and nowadays we're just not it's, lining it's, them up and knocking them down it's embarrassing it, it, so Cam Reddish is going to announce tonight yeah. he's the number three or four player yeah. in next year's class yeah. Trey Jones already committed to us we just got Bagley we just got Trey Duvall from last year's class. Like all these have lined up. Every big Wendell player that's announcing. Gary Trent. Yeah, they were previous year they had announced. But just this summer we've had so much good news. Cam Reddish, you know, already sort of mentioned that he's leaning leaning Duke. Duke was the favorite as of like four or five days ago. He's uh he's announcing tonight. I'm checking on Twitter to see if he actually came out with it yet. I don't think he has yet. But our sources are telling us he's committing to Duke tonight. He's a six foot seven, you know, wing uh, with you know, range on his three, smooth handle, ability to finish at the rim, defensive length. Um, you know, another stud coming to Duke, and R.J. Barrett, uh, who we just watched some video of destroying Team USA, scoring thirty eight for Canada this summer against a Calipari coach. To, USA team and guarded somewhat by Cam Reddish. You like to throw that in there. (laughs) (laughs) 
He uh, he scored 38 in that game, had a dominating performance. He's the number one player in that class now that Bagley reclassified. I'm hearing whispers that he's leaning Duke. Uh, we're one of the favorites. Okay, R.J. Barrett. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Cam Reddish, we expect. R.J. Barrett, I won't. I won't expect quite yet in my mind. But it's like, what's going on here? We're getting every guy we want. It seems. I mean, we didn't get Kevin Knox and, right. and Mo Bamba uh, this summer, but we're getting enough of these guys. Like half of the top ten, two straight years potentially. What? It's crazy. It's crazy. How are you feeling about it? I mean, should we talk about Cam Reddish for a second? Did you watch the the the, the video? We watched a little video together. He's from Norristown, PA, right. which is uh, right outside Philly, right near where Kobe Bryant grew up. Uh, we've done well recruiting in Philly over the years. Gerald Henderson, uh, Emil Jefferson. Oh, he's someone we need to talk about a little later as well. Yeah, he just signed, right? Yeah. Parcel guarantee. Emil. Yes. Um, so, you know, sort of in our wheelhouse, athletically he looks just super smooth. He reminded me of a of a young Eddie Jones and I watched the tape uh, he compares himself to Kevin Durant for some reason everybody compares himself to KD these days everyone loves KD cupcake uh, what do you think we're, are we going to get Cam Reddish Cam Reddish yeah we're getting him looks like he's gonna, we're going to get him I mean are you excited he was more excited about him no you haven't done enough research to find any black works I'm excited <laughs> to see Marvin Bagley lead this team you're not going to get excited about next year yet? I mean, it's lining up well so far. Trey Jones and Cam Reddish, just unto themselves, two top ten guys, uh, complimentary players, point guard, wing. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Let's go back in time to 2015. Championship game. Grayson Allen delivers the title for us. Grayson Allen and Trey Jones. Remember? And, and Tyus Jones, excuse me. <laughs> Tyus Jones. And... and so, and Matt Jones, okay, and Emil yeah, Jefferson, I mean, the, and Marshall Plumley, and just just stop. The point I'm trying to make that guy is Justice Winslow, Bo Ryan. Yeah, you and I just completely shit on him in like whatever episode twenty or episode ten. We're just talking about how he came across looking so bad after that um, <laughs> national title game loss because he was just so salty. It was just he was just crying. He said, we, we thought his character was exposed. Yeah, a bit he said, by, we do things a different way. We do things organically. We don't do the rent-a-player. He right? did apologize, by the way. He did. Some but after. let me go back to what he was saying. Yeah. Are we now, are we actually doing exactly what he's saying? Are we Are we doing the whole rent-a-player thing? Like, is is that, that's us now. That is us. Uh, we have a lot of one and done. Seems like a lot of these guys are like, I mean, I don't want to say hired guns, but like, they, they, they know their value. They know that they're an asset. They know it's just a pit stop. And and we're we're just... We're open for business. We're embracing the process, <laughs> right? Yeah, we're open for business. So, like, I mean... These guys. When Bo Ryan said it, I was like... I mean, it didn't land well, but now I feel like he's probably well, calling a spade a spade. As if Bo Ryan wouldn't, wouldn't take Marvin Bagley or wouldn't have taken a, a player like Cam Reddish just in case they were going to leave with the NBA after one year. The, the fact right. of the matter is... He, like, Sam Decker was, was the best recruit they ever got. Yeah. I mean, I feel like he was the only... Did he leave after his sophomore year? Uh, Junior? Soft... Probably his sophomore, sophomore year. I think sophomore year. Uh, I'm sure somebody's been better. Michael Finley was... I don't know if he's a bigger recruit than Sam Decker, but... Yeah. 
uh, he was a pretty good basketball player. Right. Uh, is he? I'm probably getting it wrong. Hopefully, he was Wisconsin. Um, they've had good Michael players. Yeah, in the past. he was like early nineties. <laughs> I mean, sure. I know Bo Ryan's old. I don't know if he's That's been right. around for that long. Um, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, it seems like all we're getting are one and dones, but then when I think about it, and Emil Jefferson and Matt yeah. Jones just graduated. Uh, Quinn Cook played four years. Right. This isn't that long ago. This is this right. year. It's a couple years ago. Grayson Allen's playing all four years. Luke Kennard played two years. I mean, it's actually surprising he only played two years. Like, it's not like we have zero players that are staying for longer than one year. We have a lot of players that are staying for longer than one year. But it's the trajectory of the program. Like, when Grayson's done, who, who are the guys who are not one and dones who will stay and be significant players? And Yeah, it's just, it's I mean, just it's what, overwhelming yeah, how it's, many guys yeah. we've recruited and turned around into the NBA the last couple of years, and it seems like it's increasing not decreasing with the size of that last recruiting class yeah. and the one coming up next year which looks like we're going to have room for so many guys it, 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 yeah, I'm with you I'm afraid some of the stuff is getting washed away some of the residue yeah. of the integrity of the program some of the leadership that gets passed down some of what makes Duke Duke but the assistants are responsible for a, lar- a large part of it now and we do have these other guys like Justin Robinson was just Given a scholarship, did you see that? I did. Um, you know, he's not playing a lot. I stalk or at all. I stalk on Twitter, Mike. Okay, good. I don't tweet, but I stalk Twitter. Okay, in so all, in all my spare time. So, like right now, right this second, we don't have a lot of uh, a lot of guys on this trajectory to be Matt Jones type players. You know, contributors all four years, but. Maybe that's just an aberration. Maybe it's just this year, or next year, or special. It doesn't and seem like, like a couple an years from to now. Me. Like what strikes me is how badly we wanted, and maybe even needed a player like any of these guys. Like if R.J. Barrett was going to come to Duke, maybe, or if Bagley was going to come to Duke, back when you know, in the mid two thousands, or even when we were in undergrads in like ninety five, ninety six we would have killed for those guys to come. And we didn't get, we, it was hard to get a lot of them. We got some good, big recruits. What about that 97 class? We got everyone. 97, but for, from 90, 95 and 96, we got no superstars. We got no, we had no, like it's not like we've never, we always get superstars every and year. Just the year before, we Chris Carrawell was all ACC. He was ACC Player of the Year his senior year. Yeah, or sometimes I mean, we got recruits. He was an ACC out, superstar. But we'd get like one big recruit per year. Like Josh McRoberts was our big recruit for a year or two. And uh, Shavley Grandup was our big recruit. And it's not like the other guys weren't good. We didn't line up the five of the top ten except that one year, 97, with Elton Brand, Battier, Burgess. Yeah. Those three guys. Avery wasn't even... I guess it's just of. the process that... <clears throat> it's just so much know, of it now. Like, every year, three or four freshmen would come in. You never knew what to expect because, you know, you and I really didn't care that much about recruiting. We loved to basketball, but we just waited. Like, we didn't even know names until, like, October or November. Well, here's the names we knew. Then they showed up. We knew Kobe Bryant was thinking about coming to Duke. We knew LeBron was thinking about coming LeBron was it Kobe Kobe actually had Duke listed on his like final five he made a visit like yeah. this is there was an era where the best player in each class went to the NBA instead of going to college but we hoped 
Kobe Bryant was like a renaissance kid, cared about education, he was really well-spoken, smart, had good grades. We thought, maybe he's going to come to Duke for a year. But like... Relatively high SAT scores also. Yeah, looking back at it, we had no chance to get those guys. That generation of players went straight to the NBA. Now they can't. Now they have to go to China or somewhere if they don't want to play college ball. So we get now, like Marvin Bagley is going somewhere. You know, yeah. RJ Barrett's going somewhere. And Okafor had to go somewhere. They couldn't just jump to the NBA. So it's, it's a bit of a different era that way. Yeah. And, like, we are just in the pole position right now. I don't know how it happened exactly, except we've always been one of the top programs. This incredible coalescing of forces, whether it's Capel and Shire's recruiting, Coach K's stature, uh, Duke's positioning, winning the national championship a couple years ago. It's all snowballed into us just murdering these recruiting classes. Embarrassing. In a good way. Yeah. It feels it's embarrassing. In a good way. You, you obviously feel very conflicted about it. No, I'm not conflicted. It's just different. You yeah. Know? And it's it's like Coach K has fully embraced it. He's gone to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like, like the like, dark side. That's what and, it is. And, and it feels like we're UNC and, or Kentucky now. And, and here's, somehow, here's right? the thing. Even though he's getting these ridiculously blue chip, super premium recruits, it doesn't guarantee winning. You know, like last year's class is arguably as good as as this class, you know, comparable, and it still doesn't guarantee like a a really high winning percentage. Like injury riddle, the team has to come together. Defense is always seems to always be a question mark, and it's just a it does not guarantee winning. And if you look at the final fours over the last five, six, seven years, very often they're junior, senior led teams, guys who have played together three or four years. They're 22, 23-year-olds playing against 18- and 19-year-olds. Like That's a big difference. And so it doesn't guarantee winning, but... Nothing so, guarantees right. winning. Nothing sort, gar- winning is never guaranteed. Sort of like what you said when we had Giles, Tatum, and Bolden on the sideline with those Brooks Brothers suits in the Kansas game. Like We got these shiny toys on the sidelines. It's just like these incoming freshman recruits, they, they, they're titillating. They're super titillating, but it doesn't guarantee winning. Yeah. Uh, you're wet. You're, you're wary. We're we're still a little wary. We're a little gun shy after last year, like after the after the Okafor, Justice Winslow, Tyus Jones year, we we would just think, well, we'll win every year with freshmen. But no, like, nobody thought look, that. Kentucky. There's other teams that have big recruiting classes. Arizona's going to have a big recruiting class. Kentucky's going to have a big recruiting class. And there's teams returning good players. Like we're definitely not guaranteed anything with this incredibly young team. And next year's team is going to be young and very young and outstanding again but i think we are guaranteed an entertaining season with a chance to win and what we're rooting for is that coalescing to happen that 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 foundation to settle yeah and for guys to to team up and it was really uh thrilling a couple years ago when when it happened at the same time you know, in 2010, we had a totally different type of thrilling national championship with guys who were veterans of the program coming together, filling roles, being role players. That was more like a, like an old, you know, one of these like senior Latin. That was surprising. It was. Uh, that, definitely surprising. That, pretty much that very same team the previous year had Gerald Henderson 
and Duke got smashed by Villanova. Sweet 16. Good Villanova team. Very same team the very next year wins it all. Minus Gerald Henderson. Right. Randomness of results, yeah. but, you know, who you play. But there's no doubt that 2010 team came together. Potpourri of variants. Played well. NCAA tournament. <laughs> yes. Nothing's guaranteed in the tournament. And ask Kentucky. Because look back at that team. Devin Booker, Carl Anthony Towns, just loaded. Just loaded with, like, NBA stars. Not guys that were high recruits that didn't pan out. They panned out. <laughs> yeah. They were, like, great. They were great players. Devin Booker couldn't get enough shots on that team. You know, they... And they dominated all year. And there's one tight game, and some bounces didn't go their way. And Wisconsin played great. They easily could have lost to Notre Dame also. I mean, they should have lost to Notre Dame. That's, Elite that's, Eight. That's true. Notre Dame played a heck of a Notre game. Notre Dame played a heck of a game. They sort of blew it in the closing <clears throat> minute or two. But, yeah, uh, and I didn't love the way Kyle Parry seemed with that team. He just was so casual. Like, I, you I'm, know. I'm a coach. I'm a huge coach Cal fan now. There's nothing you can do. I love the guy. He just seems so casual in his halftime interviews. Like he he was not cracking the whip on that team at all. He was just enjoying the ride. Man. I disagree. I didn't. I wasn't just there in practices. Stop. Just stop. You know they were. He just loved stop. all those guys, obviously. But yeah. but man, you know. I, I wish I could be there for the first month of practices for this, this team coming up this year. And next year's lining up to be more of the same. It so, certainly seems like our starting lineup every year is just going to be <clears throat> McDonald's All-Americans. You know, We used to they're, say they're, that. They're going to be freshmen. They're not just it. McDonald's All-Americans. They're just going to be freshmen. Guys that are not just lottery picks, but guys that are future NBA All-Stars. You know, they're that's the trajectory their careers are on. Yeah. You know, top five picks. Mm, you know. That, okay. Uh, you know, we might have the number one pick. You know, three out of four years, or a guy draft like we had uh, Okafor that went number three. We had Brandon Ingram who went number two. Um, you know, how long ago was it Kyrie that went number one? Twenty eleven. Twenty eleven. We we're gonna have let's say if. If things pan out the way they're supposed to, Bagley's going to go number one next year. Jason Tatum went number three yeah. this past year. Uh, next year, let's say we get R.J. Barrett. There's a decent chance he's going to be number one or two. You know, There's a decent chance Cam Radish is going to be a top five, top ten pick. There's a decent chance that uh, you know, there's just so many of these these. these yeah, I mean, all these guys are going to be... It's an embarrassment time. of riches. It is. <clears throat> but so, it doesn't well, guarantee winning at the college level. What I don't like about it is that when you win with a team that you don't necessarily expect to win, it's thrilling. Like that 2010 team. And when you have a team like the 99 Duke team... That should win. That should win and doesn't, or last year's team that we felt like going into the season, we, we should win or at least make a Final Four, and it doesn't happen... That that feels disappointing, and that's the burden of of high expectations. Yes. Um, so let's keep our expectations low. Let's just be excited about all the talent. There's gonna be a lot of fun basketball to watch. Guys that can do things on the court. You know? A lot of guys who can do things. <laughs> a, lot a lot of guys. guys. A lot of guys over the next couple. Of years. We're gonna get the privilege of watching up close and personal, and following a lot of guys that are going to have careers after Duke. Um, and the basketball at Duke should be interesting, unpredictable, and uh, fun to watch. 
I hope they can play man-to-man defense. I hope so too. <laughs> I actually think this year's this year's team, the kind of guys where we've been getting that have been committing, should, like should be a good defender. Have the right length, speed, responsive athleticism. They should be able to close out on shooters, and you know, it, it, it's very exciting defensively as well. So. Uh, all right, well, uh, we'll uh, we'll stop talking about. We didn't really get that deep into Cam Reddish's play style or RJ Barrett's play style, but we'll have plenty of that time for that in the future. They're just clearly thoroughbreds. Barrett looks super skilled and like what a gamer. Uh, Reddish Reddish just looks like a very sleek athlete and very skilled player. And Bagley Bagley's uh, Bagley Bagley whatever Bagley is uh, the Sweet. biggest of the dragons. Uh, All right, so uh, Duke in the NBA real quick. I guess, you know, we're talking about guys that have futures, and it's like there's not that much drama about Bagley's future potentially, you know, absent injury. But the guys we've been rooting for are guys that have been four-year guys, Matt Jones, Emile Jefferson, Quinn Cook. Uh, Two of them, positive developments. Quinn Cook got cut by the Pelicans uh, about a month ago. <clears throat> which uh, we questioned at the time because of his superlative performance in the summer league and dominating, you know, D league performance last year, uh, kind of got cut for Frank Jackson when you think about it, right? You know, same type of uh, combo guard. I don't know. I thought <clears throat> like they signed him after Some they drafted role. Frank Jackson. So yeah, uh, they they released him. And he has a while before he gets picked up, and uh, we got news last week that the Hawks yeah. signed him to a two-year deal with a partial guarantee. <clears throat> Doesn't know for sure, but that sounds right. I never know what these partial guarantees mean. Uh, <clears throat> it might mean he means they're not fully committed. Might yeah, it means they're not fully committed. It might mean they you know if it doesn't work out, they get cut in training camp. At least they have something to show for it. Yeah, you know, whether it's fifty thousand, a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand. <clears throat> All these things are negotiable, but uh, I heard Quinn Cook be uh, interviewed on the, I think it was the Hoopside uh, podcast, and uh, definitely suggest everybody check that out. Alex Kennedy. Also, a, if you like, uh, didn't Marshall Plumley sign with the, uh, like the Clippers? Uh, yeah, Marshall Plumley got got signed to a, to was it a two year deal? Probably all these guys, same thing. Basically, Partially Marshall. Guaranteed. Yeah, Marshall Plumley, Emil Jefferson with the T Wolves, who we yeah. played summer league with, and was <clears throat> following an injury to one of their players. Um, I don't know if it was independent of that or, you know, because it related to it. But uh, the T Wolves had somebody get injured, and then they signed Emil. Yeah, they had a guy okay. go out for the season who was a role player on last year's team. Sort of average five and five. Like Georgie, was like a Georgie Dang? No, no, it wasn't Dang. Um, I I actually never I I wasn't that familiar with a guy, uh, not Adrian Payne. No, no, not Adrian Payne. It was um, what's the guy's name? You're gonna make me do a do an edit. Uh, Sorry, line up. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. All right. <laughs> oh yeah, it was uh, so Justin Patton got injured. Justin Patton. Justin Patton of. Creighton? Uh, is he from he's Creighton? A, he's a rookie. Yeah, he's a, he's a seven-footer. He was supposed to have a hot, really high upside. 
Okay. But he's a rookie. It's not like he was on the team last year. Oh, maybe he had just averaged. But he was. He Why don't I see some stats? They they knew he was sort of brittle coming in. Like there was, he wasn't completely healthy. Okay, he had to repair a broken fifth metatarsal, which is very dicey. Maybe it was. Maybe I'm confusing him with somebody else. But um. Then clearly Emil is just a stopgap measure. Well, who knows? Who yeah. knows? There's a lot I mean, of room. NBA rosters have more room. They got the the D League team, yeah. which is now called the G League. And what's great is he's he's going to have a training camp in the NBA, get a look. And really, Emil, I think, needs time with the team to prove his value as as a leader, as a team player. I mean, he's not going to be an NBA All Star. Good locker room guy. Good. Yeah. Good presence on the bench. And time Wait. to learn NBA defense. Yeah. And potentially prove himself valuable. As a hands guy, as a guy who gets steals, as a guy who sets screens, I mean that that's going to be his role at least when he's young. Who knows how he'll develop, right? Maybe he'll develop into a Lance Thomas type player. But it's phenomenal to see Emil get signed to anything in the NBA after you know what could only be termed a disappointing summer league showing where he didn't put up any numbers. He got a little bit of playing time, but um, oh, he got a decent amount of playing time. Yeah, he he just. Didn't didn't like light up the scoreboard in, in any respect. Right. Um, not that he would. Yeah. So I don't know. You know in terms of expectations, <clears throat> I think it's more. I think the NBA teams now, it kind of shows you with uh, Jefferson and Marshall Plumley, shows you that they're looking for role players to help them practice, probably to develop into sort of these emergency players and come in and like play a very defined role. In, in, a, in a scheme um, but let's face it Marshall Plumlee is like you know he does two things well <laughs> right He's, he can set a screen he can well he can commit a foul he can set a screen and he can finish at the rim like that's it he, when you, you say know. finish at the rim you say he can finish at the rim when nobody's in front of him on an alley-oop dunk he can, he can roll off a screen he can screen and roll he and can finish at the open. rim as long as there's nobody between him and the basket is what you're saying. <laughs> he, yes, he okay. can get up, Just so catch we're the clear. ball, and dunk it. Just so we're clear. Eh, you know, I wouldn't want to be Isaiah Thomas standing in his way. <laughs> um, yeah, so Emil, Quinn Cook with the Hawks. Yeah. It's a, he's a real opportunity Mason's there. still just, That's a young just, just waiting? So, yeah, Mason, I don't really understand what's going on. There's no news. I think he's sort of in a, a weird spot. I, I have no idea. Uh, did you see Nerlens Noel kind of had to yeah. sign a one-year like qualifying tender, and he's going to be a, re, a unrestricted free agent this year? I don't know if Plumlee's in a similar situation. Yeah, is I, he a restricted like, free agent? I, I think he's unrestricted. He's he's mm. twenty thirteen. It's been four years. Yeah, if it's been four years, he's restricted. Uh, if you're coming off your rookie contract, you're 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 restricted. Okay. Um, so there's, yeah, it's uh, you know he may ha- he may have to do the same thing. I don't know if they extended him a uh, a qualifying offer, but uh, you know he I guess he has been offered a one year qualifying deal for four point six million, right? And he can sign that, and then he becomes a free agent just like Nerlens Noel. So like, like basically I, I, Noel's I like, in a bad spot, right? I felt like Noel signed a one year like four four and a half million. And he passed on like a four-year, fifty million because he thought that was underwhelming. He didn't want to negotiate. Yes, he didn't want to negotiate a long-term deal to lowers. 
annual salary. So it probably wasn't even four fifty. Maybe it was three and thirty, three and thirty-five. Yeah. Maybe it was four and fifty. But he felt like he deserves close to a max contract. That's that's the reports. Right. Right. So he's just like, fine, I'll sign the one year one year contract and like I'll show the checkmate. Checkmate. I'm gonna have a great year. I'm gonna and then next year I'm gonna I'm gonna get like a three or four year hundred million dollar deal. He's betting on himself. Uh, Plumlee, I guess, is in a very similar situation where he gets traded to a new team. They have a they have a roster full of talent. And like the way the NBA free agent market played out this year, there there wasn't like a lively market for restricted free agents, or really for a lot of second tier free agents, unrestricted. So the the miscalculation that I'm hearing is that next year might set up to be similar or worse. Um, for bigs. For free agents, there's uh, also a glut. There are a glut of bigs in, in the league. Yeah. So both are talented, athletic. Yep. Players with, with serious skills. Nerlens on the defensive neither, end. Neither of them can shoot. Neither of them are the queen on the chessboard as a big man, that's for sure. Right. Um, so I guess, according to this article I'm looking at, Plumlee's been offered the one-year qualifying offering. He hasn't decided what to do yet. Perhaps they've floated him an underwhelming multi-year two- or three-year deal, yeah. um, and he's just unsatisfied with the negotiations of if he takes it, it doesn't reflect that he's necessarily only worth four and a half million. Just like Nerlens is not. Nerlens were an unrestricted free agent; he would have gotten a better deal than four million for one year. Uh, it's just it would be a be a strategic move to sort of choose that the lesser of two evils versus maybe signing the deal he doesn't want to sign, becomes an unrestricted free agent next year, gets a cherry pick, whatever situation is best for him. And um, so it's interesting. Uh, it's like uh, you know, sort of a dark area of uh, NBA free agency where players are sort of pigeonholed in a way, but not for long if they sign the one-year deal. So uh, we'll see. See what happens with Mason. It seems like you know, smart money would be on him returning to the Nuggets in some form or another. Nobody's extending him like a competitive offer at this point. So uh, Mason. Marshall at the Clippers, which seems like a great spot for him. Yeah. Why? A lot of veterans. A lot of veterans on the Clippers. The, there you know, are. The coaching staff is. It, it's like a pretty solid foundation. The Clippers made some interesting moves this off season. You think Marshall got along with Austin Rivers? <laughs> uh, yeah. I think if Marshall didn't get along with Austin Rivers, <laughs> then they wouldn't have. Picked him up. I mean, I wonder, I wonder how much pull Austin has with Doc. Doc is the the coach and the, he's the GM too, right? Or did they? No, he, did they withdraw the GM stuff? He was stripped of his GM uh, okay. responsibilities. I'm sure he has some input on these things still. Uh, I just wonder if uh, if Marshall's man is setting a hard pick on uh, Austin. If he'll actually call out the, the pick. Just how incredible! <laughs> how incredible is it? That Marshall Plumley is going to enter his second year, likely, on a you know on an NBA team. I, I just never would have thought it was possible when he was a freshman or a sophomore. And he was just he couldn't even just take stiff. three steps without just tripping stiff. over his feet. Yeah, uh, you know I never thought he was gonna measure up, and his development has been incredibly satisfying. Um, you know to watch at Duke, and now it's pretty cool that he's he's in the league. Uh, all right, so Kyrie Irving, the other end of the talent spectrum. <laughs> uh, 
when last we spoke, we, uh, we Rick Price was telling us about his thoughts on Kyrie and uh, the reasons he might have been doing what he was doing. It's all been laid bare. He gets traded to the Celtics for a haul, a big haul. A haul? Yeah, quite a haul. Okay. Uh, they got. Who do you think won the trade? It's tough. It's tough. I think. I think. Uh, I think the Cavs definitely won their side of the trade. It's a great trade for the Cavaliers. I don't disagree with you there. Uh, I don't think they could have asked for anything more. Like so many mid to big superstars were traded this offseason for not that much. Paul George for pennies on the dollar. Yeah, but he only had one year left. On he only had one year left. Kyrie had two. Jimmy Butler had two. Fetched, I think, a less impressive haul than Kyrie did. I mean, they get. Yes. I guess they get the one year of Isaiah and he's injured, but. Right. But that's not really the asset. The two assets are the, the Nets pick next year, unprotected. Right. Very likely to be top three or four. The Nets are going to be terrible again. No reason to think they won't be. In a loaded draft where you have Marvin Bagley. Michael Porter, Luka Doncic, Doncic. I'm going to pronounce another name wrong. Luka Doncic could 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 possibly be. I mean, there's talk. That They're all special. That They're, he could be the number one overall. Talking about Michael Porter like he's Kevin Durant. They're talking about Bagley like he's the second coming. DeAndre Ayton, Mobamba. Yeah, it's a huge draft. They're going to get one of those guys, and like something for their Probably. fans to be hopeful for. Probably. Well, if they don't deal the pick and LeBron leaves. Well, I mean, pin, yeah, ping pong balls can go different ways. There's a chance the Nets like improve yeah. by 15 or 20 games this year, but there's no real reason to suspect that they will. Um, they, yeah, there's a chance. They, they have everything yeah. to play for. They don't need to tank. But that's a valuable, That's a really valuable tr- pick asset. That's the it's most sort, valuable pick. sort of surprising pick. that Ainge finally gave up one of those value picks. Yeah, and they give up Jay Crowder, who's a really tremendous two-way player on one of the best contracts in the league yeah. for a number of like still three more years three years 22 million yeah and uh, this day and age like having having one guy like that gives you such a competitive advantage um, not only like is he a really good player on the court but it's basically you're one man up on you know, building your roster and keeping under you know under the cap as they're going to have to rebuild um, and you know, reassemble their team he's going to be a piece for the future hopefully right. for them so it's you know it's pretty cool. They're they're probably going to have to rebuild, but hey, maybe they won't have to. Maybe they'll figure out a way uh, to tr- trade LeBron or to, to 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 pivot, you know, with Isaiah for the future, you know, um, and like whoever this young young stud they're going to draft is, they become an interesting team, not just like rubble. And at the same time, what do you think of the Celtics side? Celtics got the best player. Celtics didn't need any more draft picks, really. So they, I mean, they won the they won the trade. I because mean, the, the best player the in the trade, trade always was, wins the, the trade. Usually wins the trade. The trade was was very good for Cleveland, but Boston still won the trade. Yeah, it felt like a win win. I mean, in a way, sort of. Yeah, because Kyrie is still young. Kyrie's twenty five. Yeah, and he's like he's a problem child. Attitude is a question. He held his breath until he got traded. <laughs> and I I mean, I love Kyrie. I considered him a Duke guy. I'm pulling for him in Boston because I love Brad Stevens. I love Jason Tatum. But I I think a little bit less of him because he said I can't play with LeBron anymore. Well, will Brad Stevens be able to coach him up on defense? 
And will he be able to play within the team concept? But coach him up on offense. I mean, he's going to do less ISO because the Celtics have a lot of talent around him. Cleveland was more of an isolation offense. Right. So it would be interesting to see how Brad Stevens uses him. And Isaiah Thomas did a lot of ISO. I mean, if Kyrie wants to get better as a basketball player, he went to the right place. If Kyrie wants to own a team and, like, build his own his own image up and it's if it's all about ego, then I kind of feel like maybe he didn't go to the right place because there's a lot of other good players in that team and it, it just feels like teams bigger than player in Boston with Brad Stevens coach. For sure. Yeah. Did but, you did you see his little four or five minute video clip goodbye to Cleveland? I saw that he posted it, but I didn't watch it yet. Anything interesting? Nobody can see that you're making a thumbs down sign. <laughs> <laughs> or on the radio. People are just gonna think I hate all duties. What what lay it on us. What what was wrong with the with the video? I mean, well, Somebody released the fact that Kyrie went to Dan, Dan Gilbert, the owner of Cleveland. Yeah. Said, I want to be traded. I can't play with LeBron anymore. You know? And if that's the case, then fine. Just own it. You know? Don't don't put out this video clip that says, you know, and, and I've got much, all kinds of love for my teammates. You know, it was great three years. Like. Can you not love your teammates and also want to leave? Of course. But I mean, there's a certain level I mean, a lot of, of disingenuousness about, there. about him not getting along well with his teammates, or at least yeah, I mean, not I, being good pals with anyone. I, I heard from somewhere that from the Eastern Conference semifinals on, he didn't talk to anybody on the team. I think Bill Simmons mentioned something about. So that. for three playoff series, he was just doing his own thing, and and that can obviously work. Like like Ray Allen was sort of the same way in Boston with uh, Paul Pierce. And uh, Kevin Garnett, like, he just did his own thing. You know, like, the team went out to dinner. Ray would be like, yeah, I'll be there. And then he wouldn't show up for dinner. And that was just him just doing his own thing. Um, but, I mean, to, to pass up on the opportunity to play with probably one of the two or three best basketball players of all time. Well, he didn't pass it up. He got to play with him. He passed it up this year. I mean, he saw the writing on the wall. Yeah, I mean, everyone sees the writing yeah. on the wall, but... I just I don't I don't get it like like building his brand he didn't want to stay in Cleveland in the rubble oh. right right he didn't want to he okay. wanted to go somewhere he could I mean he got to he engineered this trade or his agent did and now he's he's like primed he's primed to be on a team that's going to be relevant one of the championship contenders for the next at least five years probably seven to ten years right like they're they're set up as well as any franchise in the league um I mean, so he could and it's a great it's a great city it's a big city city that loves basketball so like the Kyrie Irving brand if he succeeds there he's set up to look like a big winner you know so you know no now is he a great guy that's another question no he's not set up to look like uh there's no way he can look good Think about the brands that he's going to be associated with. He's a guy who's played meaningful minutes deep into the playoffs. He's won a championship. He's performed. He's made a bunch of big shots, right? He's played alongside LeBron. He moves on. What if the Celtics? What if he leads the Celtics to a championship? That'd be fantastic. Okay, but he's going to look good in, doing it. In 1987, if James Worthy went to Jerry Buss and said, "You know what, Jerry? I can't play with Magic Johnson. Please trade me." This isn't 1987. Like, what, what would you think? That isn't the way it works anymore. I mean, it's it just, didn't work like that then. Just like, 
I'm, there's probably a lot more behind about, the scenes that we, that, that we don't know. What about Kobe and Shaq wanting to play together? I mean, it made them both look worse. It made Kobe look bad, in my opinion, but people still love Kobe. It made everyone look bad, and you either love Kobe or hate Kobe. I mean... Yeah, people still talk about it. Like, like, I'm surprised. The players love Kobe. I mean, let's let's do a Kobe Bryant podcast. The players actually seem to give him <laughs> incredible. They they seem. I mean, there are a props. lot of players who think Kobe's better than MJ. <laughs> it's yeah. just crazy. Insane. Oh, but I mean, obviously, I wish Kyrie the best in Boston. I mean, I I still think he's going to be the best Dookie of all time. I think Marvin Bagley is. Okay. Or R.J. Barrett. Probably Grant Hill. But ugh, the injury. So what's up with Frank Jackson's foot? I don't know anything about it outside of he broke it again. <laughs> what's up with the Duke foot injury? It's just, just randomness. It's just, just randomness. randomness, yeah. It's a potpourri of foot injury randomness? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of foot injuries in basketball in general, but yeah. they seem to hit the teams I follow and enjoy watching the most. The you know, let's think of all the foot injuries over the last so many years. I mean, just this last team. Emil Jefferson has had multiple foot injuries. Who else? <laughs> uh, Frank Jackson, apparently. Grayson Allen had a foot injury. Kyrie Irving broke his foot at Duke. I mean, how many guys have to walk up? He stubbed his toe. Ah, oh, stupid toe, man. We could have enjoyed Kyrie for a whole year. All right, well, thanks for listening, everyone. Um... It's good to talk to you, Pete. I can't wait for this team to prove you wrong. I think we're gonna we're gonna do it this year. I'm very very high on this team. Oh, you are? Okay. I, lo- I mean, I mean, I think I just said that I think this is might be our last great opportunity to win one. I think we're gonna win this year. I think we're gonna win next year. If RJ Barrett comes, I think we're gonna win next year. I think it's gonna be. I think they're gonna be unstoppable. RJ Barrett, Trey Jones, and Cam Reddish. That's just the start of the class. Okay, they're freshmen. Yeah, there's freshmen and there's freshmen. You watch. It's got to be sick. Okay. It's going to be stupid. I can hardly wait. All right. Uh, we'll see you guys next time, whenever that is. It might be a little bit. Unless uh, good things keep happening to us. It's like a windfall. Of riches. Yeah. Embarrassment of riches. I, I am I'm embarrassed. Are you embarrassed? Yes, I'm embarrassed. All right, we don't even it's, need to say go Duke anymore. It's almost it's I like mean, a lock, right? We just get like the best players. Let me ask you, like, if you're Danny Manning, or if you're Tony Bennett, or Jay Wright, and you just see stud after stud after stud declaring for Duke, like, are you rolling your eyes or what are you doing? I think you're just. Uh, you're just are you are you saying the playing field isn't isn't fair? No, it's just. Can we come up with some measures to like level it out? People felt the same way about Georgetown in the mid-80s. People felt the same way about Dean Smith at his heyday. This just happens. Got programs crushed for, for period stretches of time. Coach K has been more dominant for longer than anyone, but never quite this recruiting dominant. And it's a new era. It's got its pluses and minuses. We're going to be young each of these years. We're not going to be invulnerable. Uh, I, think, I think Danny Manning's in a great spot to play Cinderella and, like, it's sort of fun when you don't have to win. Like they play a close game against us in the next couple of years, and teams are going to feel good about it. So I mean, it must be a little bit discouraging, but 
you know, I'm sure they they have fun accepting the challenge. Uh, for us, there's a question is like, can we enjoy it with that? Can we enjoy being just huge favorites? And like looking back, were we did we enjoy the '99 season? I did. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. It was loved great. It. We just trashed everyone, and like the team was a pleasure to watch. They were so good at basketball. Yeah, very clear. On role. this team, there are a lot of alpha dogs, you know. And we go back to the whole: are there too many alpha dogs? Well, that here's the thing: like, there are a lot of alphas on this team. See, there were a lot of alphas. There still are, but actually, they're all betas because Bagley is the alpha. It's like you thought you were an alpha, and then the, the <laughs> and then the dragon came into the stadium, you know, and it's like, oh, that's an alpha. I thought I was an alpha, like. Only someone like Kyrie, you know, would be so mistaken to think he's the alpha. But, like, guess what? Gary Trent's going to be like Devin Booker on that Kentucky team. He's just going to take – everyone's going to take a step back. I think I think having such a supremely talented alpha dragon like Bagley, it's going to sort of set everyone else in their place and make them okay with not being the alpha. How many points know? per game do you think Marvin Bagley averages? Doesn't matter. Over under Grayson Allen's scoring average. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We're gonna be beating teams by thirty points. You know, we're we're gonna our average margin of victory is gonna be in the high teens this year. We're, we're gonna blow almost everybody out of the building. It's not gonna be like the last couple of years. I I think it might have been like that last year if everybody if Harry Giles had been healthy. You know, if everyone going on and on by Harry Giles, just let it go. Harry Giles, let it go. Harry Giles, Bagley's gonna let us move on. I think we're going to blow people out of the building if we're healthy. I really do, and I think it's gonna be like some of those teams that we just mentioned. Uh, I think it's gonna be fun to watch, and I think they're still gonna work hard to improve. They're so young; they have a they're gonna have a lot to work on. So, I'm looking forward to seeing a hungry, talented team on the floor. And I, I want to tear people's hearts out, man, and stomp on their throats, you know? Let's do it. I would like to see Grayson Allen be a first-team All-American, win the national championship, and have his jersey retired. And then in seven years, some kid saying, I don't know where, number three. Is that his number? I think if we win the national championship, is, that his, and, is his number three? <laughs> Grayson doesn't choke anyone or trip anyone, kick anyone in the nuts, then I think there's a chance he, he might get his number retired. He's number three, right? I think, yeah, he's number three. Okay. Yeah, yeah I think there's a chance, but um, it's, it, it's kind of, it'll be interesting to see. I think a lot of it has to do with his relationship with Coach K, and a lot of that we're just not privy to. It's a great relationship. I think it's a great relationship. It's a great relationship. Yeah, and uh, Grayson, Grayson, I mean, Grayson's there to be a leader, and Bagley's there to take us home. And, and Duvall, Duvall's going to be just Come sweet on, to Mike. watch. We don't know anything Come about on. these kids. We don't know anything about them. They're, they're exactly who I want them to be right now. <laughs> Nothing but limitless potential. Right. All right, man. We don't even need to say it anymore since we're just, you know, we can't lose. Uh, but I guess I'll say it. Go Duke. Go Duke. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We would appreciate it. Every every five star review helps. We'll take four. Uh, and of course, emails to dukebasketballjunkies at gmail.com are welcome. We do reply. Uh, and if your comments are insightful enough, we may even read one on the air one day. Um, hell, we have you on as a guest on the podcast. Uh, 
it's uh, it's going to be a long six weeks waiting to see flashes of talent on the court, but uh, I'm prepared to uh, enjoy some football in the meantime. So, nice. Good. All right.